Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we won't go lightly on the beers tonight. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we're reading Breakfast at Tiffany's by Truman Capote. And I'm starting with a beer. So the book begins with the unnamed narrator. I don't think he actually has a real name. His name is Narrator. Oh. (laughs) Yes, he's the brother of Naruto. Uh, (laughs) And he's he's reminiscing, and it's clear right away, reading this just a little carefully, that he's kind of like making up half the story, or he doesn't remember it very clearly. It's like his memory is a bit hazy. Oh. Uh, (laughs) And this is Hazy O, an IPA from Dogfish Head that is brewed with... Malted, rolled, and naked oats, and oat milk. So it is it's a lot of oat product in here. I think the oat lobby was involved in this. And it tastes like a, like a mass-produced IPA. Good job, oat, oat lobby. Uh, so the book, oh, it's the novella, was published in 1958. And, uh, and things you have what not happened been in 19- going great since. Do you remember what was going on in 1958? Uh, I don't remember anything. Korea? Just like in this book. So that nothing happens. The Korean the War? Uh, that was done. Was it? Oh. We were done. Oh, yeah. We were out of that shit. About like 52, 53 or something. All oh, right. I don't know. It was the Roaring 50s, I think they called it. They were like season two of Leave it to Beaver was on. But there was like nothing happening, and uh, nothing happened in this book. It's a product of its time. Yet somehow incredibly famous... Most because of the movie, I'm sure. But apparently it was kind of popular even when it came out. And it was picked up for movie rights right away. And the movie came out in 61. So they like got right on that. And they changed everything. (laughs) Actually, no. But they did change the end, which makes a big difference. She wasn't quite as racist in the movie. Yeah, was she? I mean, I was hoping. She was less racist in the movie. Which is There was one very racist... (laughs) Part of the movie, yeah. but it was not Holly Golightly. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping they'd make her more racist in the movie. Just double down on it. Like she has a clan hood or something I want to see. She's pretty goddamn racist. Like we can't read any of those quotes. <laughs> really yeah, there's some quotes we're not reading. And for no purpose, they accomplished nothing. Well, so they accomplished one slight thing. They should we'll get to well, okay. so, read the book. <laughs> the narrator. Well, okay. So you find out halfway through that she's an Oki from Texas who ran away and never went to school. And so some of the pretty ignorant she th- things she says regarding race kind of, you know. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Apply. Anyway, so beginning uh, of the book, the narrator, who never gets a name, but you find out he's a writer, is. Uh, you know, he moves into his, uh, you know, he's in his apartment and he had just moved in and he actually, no, wait, that's not true. It the very the, beginning of the book, which is something flashback. that is definitely not in the movie is he gets a phone call from the guy who used to own the bar around the corner from his old apartment in the East seventies. And the guy, and I forget that guy's name. Joe already. Bell. Joe Bell. That's right. Um, brother of Joe Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Joe Bell says, "Hey, you gotta, you, you should come over here. I think uh, well, I might have, I might have found Holly or something like that." And and so the narrator goes over there, 
he doesn't live there anymore. He doesn't live around that area anymore. I don't think. But anyway, he goes over it's and says, "Oh, okay. So what'd you find?" Years. It's been many years because there's a line later on. He's like, "Oh, after I didn't live there, and I lived here, 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 and here, and he lived in like 18 different places. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been like 10 years. Yeah. Now, so the book takes place in like 43 or 44, but it came out in 1958. The movie just takes place in 1960. Like, they, they made the movie just take place in the present day instead of the past. So, in the movie, uh, I mean, so, sorry. In the book, the narrator gets at the bar, and the bar is empty, except for the bar owner, who's like, hey, I want to show you this thing. I'm showing, oh, do you remember Mr. Inayoshi? What the fuck is his name? Uniyoshi. Uniyoshi. You remember? He lived on the top floor. Oh, yeah, I remember him. And we'll definitely talk about him in a oh, minute. Yeah. But uh, do you know where he's been for the last couple of years? Like, yeah, I heard he was in Africa. Okay, so here's what he found. And he shows a picture of a wood carving, <laughs> a picture that he took in Africa that somehow is the spitting image of Holly Golightly. And they're, they're like, w- that must be her. They're worshiping her as a god there. <laughs> the benighted people of Africa. They saw one white woman... And then they make totems of her. Yeah, and they refuse to trade her for anything, he said, as he held his balls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but did you see what they offered him? They were like, how about 10 bucks and a bag of salt? And the guy was like, no. And they're like, all right, two bags of salt. How about $20 worth of beads? It's like, are you kidding? You could buy almost an entire borough of, of New York for that. If you, you, you can have you the statue. It, right? You can have a statue for that, but you can't have the flashlight inside the statue. And I do like that the uh, Joe Bell guy says some, you know, it doesn't say it directly, but there's a part where, like, you know, they say that Holly was, she came through there with oh, some yeah. dudes who had fever and they had to hang out for a few weeks because they had the, they quarantined them in huts or something. And she, Laid, uh, took to that guy's mat for a little while, but she would never do that. <laughs> it's like it bothers him that this woman may have fucked a black guy. Oh, yeah. He says <laughs> she wouldn't have done it because he's black. And they yeah. all knew she banged everyone in New York. She was a hoe for show. At yes. first, when I picked this can up out of the fridge, I thought it said easy. Oh, and I was like, oh, that's even better because she was <laughs> fucking easy as hell. But it was. You know, when you're paying for it, that's a pretty easy O to get, but, <laughs> but it said hazy. Damn it. Damn it, Dogfish Head. Why don't you anticipate my needs? And so the narrator is like, yeah, I think that's her. And then the rest of the book are his reminiscences of like how we met Holly Golightly, how, how she lived with the floor above him in the brownstone and all their sort of hijinks. And uh, yeah, so... Anyway, and then it gets into what you would actually kind of see in the movie, which is meeting meeting Holly with the Japanese man shouting... Yuniyoshi-san. Because Holly had forgotten her key, and so she just buzzed the other apartment to let her in. It's like the middle of the night or something like that. It's like 2 a.m. How did she get into her apartment, though? She just happened to lose that one key <laughs> because she doesn't keep them both on the same keychain. Maybe she no, just doesn't really lock her door. Doesn't make sense. She is clearly not a super organized. Who is, who person. is she keeping out? She fucks everybody. Like, what yeah. is she worried about? If like a burglar came in, he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna rape you." She'd be like, 10 bucks," and be like, "Oh, <laughs> all right." Like she's she's a prostitute, basically. Yeah. It's okay. Well, listen, not I'm quite... not saying she's a gold digger. 
but she ain't messing with no broke gentleman. Well, she kind of is also, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's, she's looking to shack up with a rich guy. So she isn't necessarily taking money in exchange for sex. That she is accepting money sometimes when they give it to her for sex. <laughs> she's an but, escort. They're paying for her company. Yes. Emphasis on the cum and the <laughs> company. And the punny. Ooh. Yes. Wealthy the, older men. The Panani, as Steven Seagal <laughs> reminds us. <laughs> wealthy older Panani. men. She goes on dates with wealthy, wealthy older men, and sometimes she fucks them, though it's only hinted at a little bit, in that she doesn't necessarily like get paid for the dates, except in a uh, they send her kind of to help pretend we'll pretend this isn't happening kind of way where it's like, oh, I could you give me, you know, because they go to fancy restaurants that have an attendant in the bathroom. So do you need to tip the attendant? So she asks her date, will you give me $50? Will you, will you give me money so I can tip the attendant? And the, the wealthy gentleman hands her a 50 Fifty dollar bill, and this is in like nineteen forty four. That's so like a lot of money. A fucking week's salary for a working person. <laughs> that was what the guy in tra- uh, Death of a Salesman wanted per week to survive. <laughs> so, and she just keeps the fifty dollars. But she, but what does she say? What does she say to that guy when she's like, "Listen, I gotta hit the bathroom. I need to leave a tip. It's gotta be a pretty big tip. <laughs> what do you think ten bucks is like, not bigger? I'm gonna fucking shit so much in that bathroom." It's gonna ruin things. My diet they, is entirely raw oysters and cocaine. I, it is. It is. <laughs> it's gonna be splat. It's gonna look like Jackson Pollock only worked with brown play doh, and that's what is happening inside of the bathroom. So I'm gonna need to give a good tip, and then I'm gonna also need a mint uh, when I leave from the for attendant. My butthole. <laughs> my butthole's gonna. I'm gonna cram it full of mints for later, <laughs> mostly because I like the tingle. But it is. And he's like, you know what, 50, 50 bucks might cover it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the beginning, it's like in the Jetsons when he holds out the, like the 20 for the wife and she takes the wallet, except he's holding out a 50 and a roll of toilet paper. And he's like, just Godspeed. And she takes them both. And she's like, this is, this is going to cut it, I hope. And I might actually literally have to cut it off. I don't know. <laughs> it might be like string cheese. It could, <laughs> like, and he's like, cool, well, when you're done with that, you're going to fuck me? And she's like, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> it's not said directly in the book, Nate, but I'm pretty sure that is what happens. That's, that's the down, subtext. Yeah. <laughs> and so the narrator meets her, you, and she like invites her, him to a party. She he meets her because she sneaks. She knocks on his window in the middle of the night and lets herself into the fire escape because there's a drunk guy in her apartment who's like accosting her, and she has to escape. And so she just comes into his apartment, and then just like they talk, and she's a real weirdo. And she reads one of his stories and says some pretty choice <laughs> things about lesbians. But, and black people. Yeah, that too. But not black <laughs> lesbians. She's like, can't even fathom that's, that that exists. That's not a thing and to them. <laughs> In this universe, no. Uh, and so... They, <laughs> she doesn't yeah, call them right. lesbians. She calls them... What does she call them? Uh, uh, I believe drivers? it's uh, something that <laughs> Dutch people are really into for uh, saving their city. Windmills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a pair of clogs <laughs> story. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so and Holly's apartment itself is like a disaster area. It's like just crates and boxes, it's like a and Red like Cross cases. Zone. Like she's clearly she's lived there for a year, but never really moved in. She just or has never unpacked exactly. Well, there is someone she's else there. She does with her, just go though. on dates. Who, who, who does there is? Unpacked? Wait, oh my god, do we have the same beer? Oh my god, do we? 
This is easy, bitch. So coach. okay, she has no. So she has a cat, right? Yeah, she so does have a cat, it's pretty Nate. famous. Also, <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's is a really classic movie. It is like an incredibly classic movie. I think we have different ones. Oh, okay. That's too bad. So, all right. I'll do mine first. Yeah, um, first. It's an incredibly classic movie. So, what's another classic movie that's about cats? It's Cats. Catsablanca. <laughs> <laughs> By KCBC. Oh, I was hoping you had the same one. Oh, I'm man. Gonna... If I had if I had got, if I had seen that one, I absolutely would have gotten it. This is Catsablanca IPA by KCBC, and it's an IPA. <laughs> West Coast style India Pale Ale with some hops. 6.9% alcohol. Nice. Uh, and it was canned just last week, so cool. So fresh and so clean. Yeah, I can see why it's called a West Coast IPA, but it's still not as just all bitterness the way IPAs used to be. It's still like not even close to that bad. Just a little bit. Yeah, but it's it's nice. Well, I was going to say, uh, she does have this cat, <laughs> and it's just the two of them. They both, she says, they're both very independent. Uh, just two independent people living together. But really, both of them are looking for a, a super cat daddy. <laughs> this is Super Cat Daddy from uh, Beer Tree Brew, which I learned today, uh, when I was putting the list, is a different thing from Brew Tree Beer. <laughs> two different companies. Um, it's like a, th- a lesson in synonyms. <laughs> this is a triple IPA, 10.6%, so good luck to me. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yep, it's strong. It's got that, uh, I think anything above 10% for me always has a, it almost tastes a little bit like the old Belgian ones before, back when that was cool. But it could just because they're all, you just you just taste the the booze. <laughs> like, you know uh, how Duvel has like that, or like Delirium has that like aftertaste of like vapor? Um, no. <laughs> I don't know, I mean not vapor. Well, I mean, you, t- you, like, you can taste, you can, like, you can tell this is 10%. It doesn't oh, hurt, but it's I like. Mean, it's this booze ooh. you're tasting. Yeah. But it's good. It's good, but it is uh, 10% over that. So another thing that Holly does for money is she goes Anal. to see... <laughs> well, yeah. uh, in the movie, there is oh, a... Oh, no. no so, in, so I watched the movie this week for the first time, and... Did you, really, did you watch the right one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm you just pretty watched sure I did. The, you watched the music video for Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something. This video, this movie is really short. <laughs> This song is catchy, though. God damn! There was a catchy movie in the mo- the catchy song in the movie. It was, but uh, it Mo- Moon one. River, right? Was it Moon, is that yeah, the... it was Moon River. Yeah, which apparently was written for this movie. Hmm. Oh, I that's is that, the, is that the butthole reference? No, Moon, uh, I mean, Moon <laughs> River is obviously the most poetic term for diarrhea uh, you'll ever hear. <laughs> it is a Moon River. <laughs> <laughs> when the Moon River flows wider than a mile. <laughs> Oh no! In a scene that is not in the book, <laughs> but is later when the narrator and Holly does the narrator have become movie friends. Has a name in the movie? Yes, he does actually, and he says it a bunch of times. And I don't care because <laughs> I didn't recognize the actor playing it, playing playing him. And his name is Paul. I think uh, he's Paul Paul I, Varjak or something like that. Is what yeah, it says Paul. for you. Barjack. Anyway, so they're like left to become friends, but they're sad about something. It's not her brother dying. 
Or was it? Anyway, so and no, she says, let's go and just... They kind of like stay up all night, in their, but they're like, let's just, let's just do fun things. Let's just do things we've never done before. This is Holly's idea as her, you know, free spirit kind of thing. And then she says to him, and they're clearly like interested in each other, but they're not technically together yet. But Holly says, oh, but wait, there's nothing I haven't done. And I was like, <laughs> hmm, that sounds different these days. I think it must have meant the same thing then. She wasn't <laughs> like she wasn't like oh, yeah, I once went in a hot air balloon. Like what else could she I have meant? I don't know, man. People were really into balloons back in the day. That was I mean, she had several inserted into her and then inflated. Uh, actually so in this book thing. they imply that she had several balloons full of fucking drugs inserted into her. That's but. true. <laughs> but she didn't know. She didn't know. <laughs> I thought those balloons were just for fun. <laughs> Well, it must be a, that must be a name for that sexual maneuver when you fill someone's orifices with balloons and inflate them inside of them. I'm going to think of it. The piñata? No, that's not good enough. We'll do better. <laughs> so, she, anyway. The shelium. Uh, <laughs> Hot-ass balloon. <laughs> I don't know, but it sounds like a good year. <laughs> Another job. Oh, that, the humanity. <laughs> another job that... <laughs> Holly has is going to, sing, going to sing sing every week to see Sally Tomato. The worst name for a mobster anyone's ever had. Yeah, he really mailed it. Next the, to the Lenny Chicken there. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I need I need a Italian mobster name. How about uh Sal? Okay, that's pretty that's pretty standard. And what are those Goombas like? Tomatoes, of course. There it is. Like you'd imagine, his like co- his compatriots were like Pauli Stromboli, and you'd imagine like that's what Truman Capote called every Italian guy he met. He's just you know that foul tomato. He's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's like you ever hear him talk? Uh, I that's only how he saw spoke. the movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman playing him. It's basically the voice. It's like a, it's like a it's a Mike Tyson on a but baby. as a baby gay white man. <laughs> Yeah, basically, it's it's what he sounds like. I'm not judging any of those people besides Mike Tyson, but everyone <laughs> because the novel is like the main character is writing it, so the the narrator is writing it as if it's kind of like this happened to me. I mean, of course, you kind of know it's fiction, but I was picturing it hit Truman Capote, Truman Capote actually saying all these things and doing all these things, and then when I turned on the movie, I was like, oh, that is different because it's just a normal guy. Yeah, because Truman Capote would absolutely not be interested in Holly Golightly. <laughs> no. Anyway, so Tell me she more about goes. She she's paid every week. Uh, she's paid a hundred dollars every week, which is a ton of money. It's like 12, just to go twelve billion dollars back in the day. Just to go to the Sing Sing <laughs> prison to pretend to be this mobster's niece and just talk to him for an hour. And then after the, at, at the end of the hour, she has to go and make a f- one telephone call with the weather report. Sally Tomato is going to tell her, oh, there's a hurricane in the Bahamas. And she goes and calls the lawyer uh, and says, you know, oh, he says that uh, the, there's a hurricane in the Bahamas this week. Oh, okay. Thanks, miss. I'll have your money. And then let, that's it. Did you he have like a stereotypical name too? Was the was lawyer? Shaughnessy. Like, Oh, man, I was really hoping it was like Saul Matza. No, like, but they the were all thing just is, really bad names like the, that. The thing I, I, I wrote down, because I was very confused, Sally Tomato speaks Yiddish. Why? I think 
Italians and I mean she's from the Midwest. Italians and Jews to her must have been this like or she's from the 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 South. Yeah, they must have been the same thing to her. Like, well, there were Jewish mobsters in New York at the time. That's true. Like Dutch Schultz and all those. Uh, his those first guys. name is Salvatore. Right. <laughs> he, he just needed to communicate. They gave him that name on Ellis Island. Yeah, <laughs> no, he learned it. It was oh, he, so oh, he learned it. And they turned it to Salvatore. Part of this string lingo. <laughs> he learned it for his job. <laughs> I mean, like, I respect the well, dedication. I mean, Meyer Lansky was one of the was one of the like founding members of the New York mob, and he was Jewish. He was not Italian. He's like the one of the only ones who wasn't Italian, wasn't Sicilian. Okay, so so far nothing's happened, and uh, <laughs> just wait, just wait. It continues to not happen. till you till you die. <laughs> it will never happen. So Holly throws a part because like the next night, the, so the next night after the like, oh, I broke into your room so we could drink and talk because the other guy was chasing me. Uh, she invites him to a party. She throws like a party at her apartment. And so he shows up and clearly Holly is, you know, she's in the book. She's really like 18 or 19 or 20. I mean, she's really young, but she's incredibly like, stylish and you could kind of say popular though that is a word doesn't quite apply she just kind of knows everybody she's She's a society girl and so everyone in town all the important people in town are like at her random apartment there's uh, also a lot of like a lot of like sailors and dudes showing up thinking they're gonna bang her and then being dismayed when they see 20 other dudes there and thinking oh it's a bukkake was a gangbang but okay, sure. And then, and then the Japanese landlord comes in like, yeah, Bukaki should have known. <laughs> um, but there's there's one line like I get I, I'm trying I've been trying to think why is this a popular book or a revered because book. of the movie. It's, I think not because real writers have been like this book is perfect. So, but there's something there in that scene when she's like. You look like my brother Fred. For the next half of the novel, I'm going to call you Fred. That's the closest thing you're going to get to a name. Yeah. Where she, he, she's like, let's go to sleep. And he's like, okay. And he, maybe she'll touch my penis. And then he goes to sleep or pretends, pretends to pretends to sleep. Yeah. And then she, he like says something like, basically like once she like almost reveals, I forget the exact line now, but like once it almost reveals, she lets her guard down. She's like, oh, poo on you. She, she likes this term. She gets a little, she gets a little real for once. And he says something and she realizes he's not actually asleep and he's been faking it. And he says, I hate fakers and she leaves. Right. But she's she does the biggest faker of all. That's a hundred percent true. But she can't let that guard down because she's protecting herself or something. And there's clearly fucked up shit in her life later. So oh, I, mean, yeah. I think I think that might be one of the reasons that people like to read this, like, ooh, what 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 is she really like? Because she has this cultured facade she presents, but she's not that at all she's you know this hick child bride (laughs) runaway like at this party scene he meets a guy who says i am her agent she is an actor i discovered her and what was was his name harvey weinstein yeah no it was uh oj berman was clearly oj simpson's cousin or something like that oh yeah oj murderman uh (laughs) was the name before they changed it at at ellis island (laughs) But he, he tells him, like, yeah, I met her. She was They were in L.A. And he's like, I saw this hot kid who was banging an old dude. And I said, I'm going to make her into a star. And though she had, a, like, Coke bottle glasses because she's, like, legally blind. So she's why she's squinting all the time. 
not like Mickey is, Rooney was. Is that why? Yeah, is that why the landlord was squinting too? Because I think he has glasses on in some scenes. He does, yeah. Oh, he does. He, he, she actually had those glasses on in, in her real life because she was a blind child. And she was 15, wandering around the city on her own. Uh, and he's like, I got her talked up. I got, I got learned, I learned her to talk good, like in, what is that fucking thing? Uh, you know, Pygmalion, but... You know, <laughs> my fair lady. Yeah. And then I got uh, I got her an audition and then she just called, said, I went to New York because I've never been there. And I was like, you bitch. And so I came over here to get her. And I, you know, I invested a lot of time making this hot child into a hot actor adult, even though she's never really acted. Or is she well, she was her about whole life. to. She was she, about she was, to act. She was about to. She was about to land a role in some Hollywood thing, which this whole part about being like a like poor destitute child that is i mean child like you know late teenager that is very hot that kind of starts to make it big in hollywood that itself is actually very similar to marilyn monroe and uh truman capote really wanted marilyn monroe to be holly golightly in the movie but marilyn monroe turned it down because the character's too much of a slut that's actually the problem she didn't want to say the n-word so much (laughs) true so she's a fancy bitch, though, hanging out with all these rich guys. And I finished my other beer, and uh, this, I don't care. You'd think when she went to the, after she had a $50 shit in the bathroom, she'd order, <laughs> order some fancy dessert. I still dessert. call them that. <laughs> that was a $50 shit, I baby. Them. It's like $50 shit. And it's like, so, baby, that was, that was only a $10 shit. This isn't even, this is not even date night without that. Um, she'd probably order some fancy shit, like the creme brulee. This beer's called Creme Brulee, and it is going to destroy me. It is from Boulevard Brewing Company, which is in Kansas City, Mo, and it is a barley wine aged in bourbon barrels that is 13.3% alcohol. And, is it a uh, bottle? It is a bottle, yeah. They still, they still make them. Hmm. And it, God damn it, that smells like half cream soda and half Creme Brulee. Because Creme Brulee is just an, a way of chefs showing off the other, the other forms of matter of sugar. And they're just like, it's oh, a, it's in like a plasma a, yeah. and a semi-permeable solid or some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, uh, that is very sweet. So it's a and, barley uh, wine that tastes like sugar. Yes. It's yeah. proof that God loves us. Um, I don't know what the fuck is happening in the book. because It feels like we're just they're setting the, up they're a at the book. party. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And they the, meet a the disappointing very tall lady with a stutter. Oh, yeah. Whose name... Is Margaret Thatcher. Was it really? Thatcher was her middle name, but her first name is Margaret. Margaret Thatcher something or something. Jesus Christ, <laughs> I did not even notice that. Because it was so bad. Uh, Wildwood. So the, Wildwood was her name. She goes Which is Wild what all Wildwood. the men there have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all the books on her shelves are about baseball or horses. And she says it's because when you meet a man, you can talk to him about either baseball or horses. If he doesn't like either of those, then he's not interested in me. That's true. It means he's not true. rich enough to be interested in her. No, it means they're gay. He's gay, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but even that can go wrong, right? I'm sure she had at least one guy who was, she was like, who what do you think really horses? likes horses? He was like, they're so big. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Mr. Hands. <laughs> It's like, I really love that Joe DiMaggio and his big Italian dong. He's like, oh, wait, this didn't work. This test is flawed. 
I'm just so glad they let a black guy start playing in the league. <laughs> They're so much hotter. You know what they say? I just can't go back. It's like, uh oh. <laughs> Again, the, the subtext is why people read the book. Yeah. <laughs> so then so they the, the party, bunch of nothing and happens. nothing happens. Nothing happens at the party. It's just like oh, that was well, uh, characters. The other girl gets drunk and passes out. And he's to like drive her home. Or something. But also because um. No, it's because she goes to the bathroom and Holly tells everyone that she's got a horrific yeast infection or like chlamydia or something. <laughs> like, oh, I'm glad she's gotten her sick, but she's so sick. But she, you know, she who knows about that? You know, about her her gross her gross puss. And the guys are like, ooh. <laughs> and then she gets very angry and gets shit faced and passes out on the floor or something. Except for the Japanese guy, who was like, "Can I take pictures?" Yes, of that because they have him still doing the photographer thing. <laughs> that Japanese stereotype. He, was he says something strong. about Satan, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember it. I don't have to go back anyway, and listen so to that episode. <laughs> in a um, I, in a conversation, I think that at the party, I don't know, uh, around there, I don't really care. You just get a important line in the book where Holly says. I don't mean I'd mind. She's talking about wanting to be herself. You know, she's a free spirit. It's, it's, you know, um, I don't mean I'd mind being rich and famous. That's very much on my schedule. And someday I'll try to get around to it. But if it happens, I'd, uh, I'd like to have my ego tagging along. I want to still be me when I wake up one fine morning and have breakfast at Tiffany's. And, you're like, and oh, Tiffany's okay. isn't. An expensive diner on the Upper East Side. It actually <laughs> means it's actually the fancy jewelry store where they don't serve they food. All they, yeah, where they don't serve food at all, and they oh, and they just have a lot of diamonds. You can eat the diamonds, I guess. They're not nutritious, but they're bad for your teeth. You can pass them. <laughs> <laughs> she means she's once she's so famous that she can so rich and famous that she can just go over to Tiffany's while she's having breakfast and just go buy. Diamond necklace because she feels like it, and that's the last time that Tiffany's is mentioned in the book. Well, she does mention it at some points that it's like Tiffany's is the place when she's feeling like really down. I think it's in the same chunk. Yeah, but she goes there to like have people kiss her ass and feel famous or something like that, or feel you know important. Um, and she buys like the uh, like her business place cards, cards or something, yeah. the cheapest thing she can get there because she can't afford anything in Tiffany's. Because she has on uh, her fucking... Because she doesn't have a job. Yeah. Her job uh, is taking men out for dates. And, it's a, perf- and it's a passing, profession. Passing the oldest drug one. Uh, information to a lawyer. But so she has her, her like mailbox or buzzer cards. How do you go like what she calls it? Traveling. Yeah. <laughs> the mailbox. <laughs> Spelling matters there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's traveling, which is like... I guess like a pun or joke or something that doesn't really fucking translate well to the modern world. Like I thought it was stupid. Or like, she's traveling through life. Yeah, it's like, what do you do? I'm traveling. It's like, then it should say traveler. Like, it shouldn't say, I don't know. I felt like it was. She's a huge fan of gerundives. Gerundives. <laughs> I mean, a gerundive is when you're very sweaty down <laughs> in the grundle. <laughs> Oh no, that Gerunda is it. You need to put talc on that. So then they become friends, but there is another line. Well, there was a line at some point where he's like, I like to think that we had a lot of times together and hung out, but I realize I'm making that shit up. That memory is false. 
it's one of those books you're like, oh god damn it, what really happened? And then you realize. Well, I think oh, everything in this I really happened. Care. I think he's like in the middle of it. He's realizing like, no, actually, we didn't hang out. Like then I didn't see her for a few weeks, and then we hung out again for a few days, and we were pretty good friends. And then she disappeared again, and then she started going out with these weird people. And there was a Brazilian, and he was this guy, and his he had eleven names, and he was tan. <laughs> Well, the big, the big sort of dramatic thing that happens in the middle is that there's a random guy standing out her, outside her oh, apartment. Yeah. Could be anybody, you know. But uh, he's older. He's not he's a, young a random guy. older guy. In the beginning of the book, she does say she likes older men. So it's like, eh, okay, minimum. But anyway, of 40, so there's an older yeah. guy, and so um, notice the narrator, Nate remembered that part. <laughs> I have a shot. Uh, <laughs> She, uh, uh, the, the narrator, the unnamed narrator goes down and talks to him and, uh, the, the, the weird dude says, you, you have to help me. I need to talk to her. My, my darling Lula May, my name is Doc Golightly and she's my <laughs> wife. I married her at 14. Well, she no, was 14. She was 14. He was a right, professional yeah, yeah, doctor. Was, that's what I mean. <laughs> he was already a doctor, was. an old, and an old dude. She already she had a was bunch of 14. kids. And his has, wife had died. He shows the narrator guy a picture of the family. He's like, that's her and her babies. And he's like, you're fucking insane. Those children are older than her. And like, Adoptive babies. <laughs> oh. Oh, this is serious. And Doc, so Doc O'Lightly says that Holly and her brother Fred were like starving orphans on the road and he like took them in now this would have been the middle of the depression like this is where he said like they were okies and he took them they were with or homeless and he took them in he you know in texas and she was just so pretty i had to marry her he woody allender basically what he said (laughs) (laughs) it's Uh, not really my daughter so it's okay uh (laughs) Uh, and so he um, says, like, oh, well, she didn't actually have to do any of the housework. The, the, the kids did it all. But really, and then she was my wife, but then she ran away. And I never found her again until now. This is where reading it as an adult in the year 2022, you're like, no shit. Fucking <laughs> child bride escaped. That you're like, matter of fact, like, yes, I found this poor 14-year-old girl. And I was like, hey, how about I start fucking you for, and you could have shelter. And you should be grateful. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, I guess, please don't hurt me. And she ran away <laughs> at the first opportunity. What gives? She didn't even have to work very hard. I'm old. Half the time it doesn't work. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. that I, I don't know if, that was, if we were supposed to think very differently of that in 19... I have to imagine... Even in 1958, people were like, dude, she's 14. Yeah, that's, that's still young. Was that part in the movie? I really don't know. I didn't see it all. So it was, actually. Was she 14? I can't remember if in the movie he said... Oh, no. Actually, so in the movie, it did say that she was 14 because she then says later, oh, that had to have been annulled. It wasn't even legal. She does say that in the book a lot, too, when she tries to get remarried. He's like, he married me when I was 14. There's no way that was legal. And you know, she's probably right. Yeah. But you still have to probably do some paperwork just to be safe. <laughs> you can't just be like, it was, I bet that wasn't yeah, it's legal. Ca- it's called pressing charges. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> that's, statu- that's statutory rape. <laughs> so Holly basically just tells, nicely tells him, sorry, you have to go home now. I'm not Lula May anymore. 
because that's apparently her real name, Lula May. Go away, and so he does. Brings him to the bus station, and he goes back to Texas. And then she goes back to banging about town. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, it's not a long book, but, and so then about the only, the second dramatic thing happens, which is she gets arrested. Oh, no, wait. So first... Oh, she gets married, almost, sort of, and then she's, like, engaged to the Brazilian guy, and then she's like, oh, I'm yeah. preggers. The Brazilian diplomat, and so she gets... So uh, she gets uh, pregnant with the baby of the Brazilian diplomat named whatever. Jose, it was Jose something. It was. Yeah, uh, it's definitely so, not a Portuguese name. And she tells him, uh, oh, and she tells the narrator when he's going, the, when, the, when the, the, the Brazilian guy is gone because he's in Washington most of the time. Anyway, uh, tells the narrator, dude, uh, oh, of course he's going to marry me. He hasn't mentioned it yet, but of course he's going to marry me. He has to. It's because he doesn't know the English word for that yet. <laughs> like, you're constantly saying, oh, they don't even really speak English anyway, these people. You know, definitely. Oh, yeah. There's also the part where uh, Holly's brother dies because he's in the army. And when the book takes place, it's World War II, so you know what happened. But then in the movie, when it's 1960, he just died. It's like, oops, he was in the army and he died. Don't know what war they were fighting but it was actually it's actually very d- dangerous to be in the military even not at war because they, they play with live ammo accidents happen yeah how else will we will we remain free <laughs> if they do not constantly shoot things and uh, i know i said this on an earlier episode but in world war ii more americans american pilots died in training exercises than were ever shot down by the Japanese, you know, so well after seeing after seeing the Japanese guy in this movie, you understand why they weren't so good at shooting down pilots. Because <laughs> he was distracted by other things like sitting in a hot tub and yelling in outrageous Japanglish sounding nonsense. Yeah. Nate, you saw it most recently. Yeah, it was. I mean, that's that before I watched it, that was pretty much the only thing about the movie I knew. Like, I knew that was there. So it wasn't surprising, but still, it's pretty shocking. And they added that for the movie. He's barely in the book. He's in, he's in one scene yeah. in the book. And, and he's so, like, I mean, they had why to kind are you of annoying extend, me? <clears throat> I mean, the book is so short that they actually kind of did have to add stuff for the movie. <laughs> and they but chose the, to add that. Because <laughs> nothing happens in the book also, so they had to add stuff that happened in the movie. But in the book, there it's actually kind of the opposite. Like, in the beginning scene with the bartender guy who's like, I hope she doesn't bang black guys. He's like, remember that guy from Japan? Mr. Whatever the hell his name is. And the narrator's like, he's from California. He's like, that guy is not an immigrant. He's from here. And so he should not be talking the way he does in the movie. No, exactly not. The the movie, they're like, we're going to just, I think, I think that was a typo. Truman meant to say he heard of California and he couldn't pronounce it properly. And so then he becomes. So I read the Wikipedia page on the movie. (laughs) <laughs> so Just I'm an expert now, <laughs> and it said uh, there was a section about that about Mickey Rooney. That uh, character and, has its own Wikipedia page, which oh, I I'm also sure. read. <laughs> and so basically, Mickey Rooney said, you know, he is a com- the the director. He's a comedy director, and so he asked me, you know, as a comedic actor, as a comedian, to do it. So I did, and it was also like, okay, that kind of makes sense because 
that was the kind that was humor in the 1950s racist totally. doing racist stereotypes that was like totally it was a black the humor at the time so like, so it's like oh that that makes a little bit more sense why they put that in and frankly like this is before uh immigration reform of 1965 there are like nine japanese people not nine but there are very very few people from japan living in the country and they all live in california basically so most americans had never seen a person no. from japan or china or korea or whatever so this was all they knew. So no one was going to be like, hey, I think that's a little heavy-handed. They're going to be like, wow, look at his teeth. <laughs> They're so fucked up, his buck teeth. Uh, and that is what they lean into. But but did you see the date on one of those interviews with Mickey Rooney, who died only like less than 10 years ago? He was like 90-something. Yeah, that wasn't that long ago. I mean, the, he, the interview. He, well, he like, I mean, the guy had a crazy career. He was in like vaudeville and then like made it into movies. He had a, a wild life. It's 2008. <laughs> he was like, what? People are mad at this? <laughs> like, like, the quote is great. I'm gonna, I have to read it to you. It's like, uh, I know the quote Nate's referring to is Blake Edwards is the director. They hired me to do this overboard. We had fun doing it. Never in all the more than 40 years after we made it, not one complaint. Every place I've gone no in the one world, I know. <laughs> people say, God, you're so funny. Asians and Chinese come up to me and say, "Mickey, you were out of this world." Rooney also said that he had known people would be if he had known people would be so offended. "Quote: I wouldn't have done it. Those that didn't like it, I forgive them. And God bless America. God bless the universe. God bless Japanese, Chinese, Indians, all of them. And let's have peace." He sounds more like Andy Rooney at the end there. It does sound like Andy Rooney. Like he starts like. People don't like my pers- my portrayal of a Japanese feller. And then at the end, like, God bless the Indians. Like, that's how I, that's Andy Rooney for I really wish, because I, 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 when we were texting about it, I was like, isn't it Andy Rooney? And I, like, I typed Andy Rooney, and I think it would have been amazing if Andy Rooney was the Japanese guy. <laughs> he'd like, still do it. Holly, go lightly. He'd, he'd do it now. Uh, as a corpse? <laughs> yeah, dig him up? <laughs> what? Why are people using keys to open doors all the time? Sometimes you just want to eat an orange. And then you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's holes in my brain. <laughs> it's like the, we've talked about Andy Rudy before. He's the funniest person who'd ever meant to be funny. It's like, sometimes ladies wear pants to the office. And anyway, I was driving my car and gas is two ninety eight a gallon. Like that's the, the I would love love to have heard what was inside of his head. It and was heard just the, echoing. I bet no. I, I like to. I'd like to imagine there was one like satanic voice doing that, and the Saying shackled something about voices Satan crying out in agony with his <laughs> camera out. <laughs> no, not hell, Satan. <laughs> so then, yeah, she finds out. Her brother's dead. She has like a depressive episode and ruins her apartment, which was already a dump. She throws every egg she owns at the wall, and she owns a surprising number of eggs. <laughs> well, she was a farm girl, so she had a coop somewhere. And, you know, <laughs> she was like, she some elements of her behavior might have might maybe almost hipster adjacent. So maybe she had like a farm She's share a Brooklyn somewhere. Hipster, I see, <laughs> on the Upper <laughs> yeah. East Side. She's she, raising chickens. Yeah, she had a farm share. She's like, oh, it's my week to get the eggs. <laughs> so she threw them all. She's like, look at those yolks. You could tell they've been grass-fed. Uh, 
So then, well, what that's happens? because what, that's when she finds out that her brother died. So when she, yeah, yeah, and nobody is like, "Wow, that's fucked up for her." Everyone's like, "Man!" Dude, instead, they bring the doctor to give her an injection. Well, that was doctoring back then. It's like, oh, this woman's having has, has having emotions. Quick, load up with as much Valium as her heart can take. <laughs> yeah, told you it wouldn't hurt. You dumb bitch. She and just got that lady hysteria. <laughs> it's redundant. Men don't get hysteria. That's true. It's a lady disease. Because the the moon makes their womb mobile. They call they call when men have it. It's called vast deferens craziness. It's when you act vast deferently. Yeah. <laughs> Vastly. <laughs> so okay, in the final important part of the book, are any of them important? <laughs> Holly gets arrested. Because yeah, it really leaps fast. <laughs> somebody, fe- somebody in the DA's office figures out that Holly has actually been passing messages from the mobster Sally Tomato <laughs> to his lieutenants, and that's how he's been controlling the drug trade from prison. And so Dude, she gets she gets arrested. Code of weather <laughs> in the movie they rav- both violated get the law. Was what she doing this in the movie too? I don't remember. In the, mo- in the movie, they both get arrested. I don't remember. She even got it's just too? her. Yeah. Oh, but, okay. uh, and then wait, wait. Who, when she, you say both, who is both? Both the narrator, oh, the who name. has a name well, in the movie. In the, in the book, he, she gets arrested while she's like watching him in the bathtub. Like the cops he had just bust. Because he had just fallen off his horse. Oh, yeah. He had a horse oh, yeah. accident. And then uh, she... He almost got Christopher Reeved. He got thrown from a fucking horse. Because of... of what what scared the horses? Oh. oh, was it black people? It was the Central was Park it? Five. <laughs> <laughs> it was. They were called it was a the pack Park of five. young, not that N word, but the other one, uh, just spooked the horse to scare some white people. I don't know if spooked is. Oh the yeah, word. that's true too. <laughs> Yeah, they, yeah, literally. I'll have to cut that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Start over. <laughs> yeah, it's too good. <laughs> Leave it in. Uh, <laughs> Hello, patrons. <laughs> so yeah, they had a horse accident, and then he's, she's, she's like watching him in the bathtub while he's like, just like, I don't know, feeling himself up. That's what they're into. I don't know. I like to watch. And then the cops bust in and arrest him. And they're like, oh, sorry, dude, your dick is out. And he like tries to jump out of the tub, and he steps on a bunch of broken glass and hurts his toes, and then he falls yeah. over. It's like a weird, Just like, his big toes. weird like slapstick act. But specifically, he almost cuts off his big toes. Like he might not, he might be had diabetes. He had no other toes left. Because how could you hit the big toe on and none of the other ones? He only had a tiny bit of glass. It was, he just really nailed it with, maybe it's like he had like a big toe that had been hit with a hammer in a cartoon. It's like the size of a, like a hot water bag or something. Yeah, it was, <laughs> anyway. it was something dumb. But he gets he gets his toes fucked up, and then she goes to jail, and he's reading in the newspapers about how she's been passing drug trafficking information to the lawyer, and he's like, "Oh no!" And then uh, she gets she's out on she's she goes immediately goes to the hospital uh, when she's in prison because she like I don't know can't chain smoke anymore, so her body sort of shut down. Who knows? I mean, she's just faking it. And then she's like, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump bail and flee." She's like, "Oh, don't do that." He's like, "I'm gonna talk about it openly in this, uh, in this prison jail." Uh, and then she does. And then she has a miscarriage and loses the baby. But it's like a sentence, right? It's like really. Yeah. Well, no. There's a scene that takes place like in the hospital. Like he goes to visit her in the hospital with a carton of cigarettes. Well, it's, you know, she is. It in was jail. the 40s. You know, you want to make sure that baby's good and done. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. 
It's basically a coat hanger you could smoke. Here's a carton. <laughs> There's of a cigarettes. carton of cigarettes. I'm gonna, and it's at the bottom of these stairs. I'm gonna push you down. Um, and <laughs> I don't quite remember how they like leave the hospital and they have a limo to the airport because no, she, she has. She a, gets out of. She she's in the. He goes. He just leaves because he's gonna like go back. Oh wait, to and home. she has to. She's trying to escape. She's trying to flee the country. Yeah, she gets out. Uh, she's on on bail or some shit, and then they go to uh, the bar, the bar. She's like, oh yeah, bring all OJ of my Simpson stuff. wired her ten thousand dollars. Yeah, she's like, bring all my stuff to the bar because the cops are watching me, but they're not watching you. And so he brings all the stuff to the bar, and Joe is like, I'm and not gonna help you cat. run away to the jail. I'm not gonna help you run away to another country, but uh, just in case you are, I got you a car. And so they get into the limo, and she takes the cat, and then she sets it free in the streets. And then she goes back to get it like 10 seconds later, but it's gone. And then she goes on a plane to Brazil, where they speak Spanish. And she's like, find me the names of the 50 richest men in Brazil. Doesn't matter if they're married, is what she says. (laughs) And And then then later, the, the narrator says, you know, six months later, I got a postcard from her and says, you know, oh... Things are fine. My boyfriend has a wife. Oops. But I can't... I don't have an address yet. I'll send it when I have one. But she never sends it. And then years go by. And he doesn't hear anything about her at all. But he sees that the cat found a home. Oh, because she fucking dumps the cat hard in the street. Yeah. And it escapes. Which she had never named. But she's... she's the, only, the only real curse in the book... It's Chairman Meow. She's like... She said, go fuck off, cat. Yeah. <laughs> she kicks a cat. <laughs> she says, she tells it to fuck off. And he's like, wow, you are a bitch. She threw that pussy to the curb. She was, <laughs> I mean, she knew about pussy. Like, that was her business. And this one didn't She did several listen. times say how she'd like to have a, uh, a quote-unquote, dyke roommate so, because they're good at keeping rooms clean, which I don't know if that is a stereotype. Oh, when they eat the carpet, you don't have to <laughs> vacuum it. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> they just munch all the rug, and the dust goes too. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what, obviously what she, what she meant. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, but I guess Truman Capote's thought about this a lot more. <laughs> He was a he was a deep thinker. <laughs> was yeah, he was dishes. something deep. Um, so yeah. stinker. So he never hears from her again, except that one time when they see a picture of a black guy with a sculpture of her head, and he sees the cat lives in someone's house now, and that's the end of the book. And you're like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Thank God. In the movie, there's like the, the dramatic scene where they like leave prison in the car and they're she's they're like on the way to the airport and but instead paul is like no stay with me please and then there's like it's raining and then she like dumps the cat out the car but then they go back to get it in the, out in the rain it's like oh yes i will stay here with you instead instead of running away to brazil and then the end so it turns it into a like romantic you know we actually found our love except where she I, I guess she goes to jail they, or um, she just doesn't go to jail. I don't know. It does, it literally, just the end. Nothing or happens. she doesn't. <laughs> or she doesn't go to jail. I don't know. <laughs> she fights the charges. They lawyered up. They they got a plea deal. She wore a wire for some conversations with the guy, and that was over. Um, all right, so that was the end of it. 
what was that crap? Like, yeah, I really, what was that? I really don't know why people liked this when it when it was published, and then turned into a movie. I mean, though not everything great, not everything something that has to be great to then get turned into a movie. Clearly, but then I feel like the movie then made it incredibly famous. Yeah, though that still doesn't answer the question: Why did people like it? The book or the movie? The either one. I mean, the movie. I don't know. It's maybe a little, a little better. It's, it's the movie's better than this. But part of part of the movie is it has Audrey Hepburn, who was you know this movie star and and the nicest climbers. lady in the whole world. Was she? Is I she don't know. Nice? I think she's a legendarily very nice lady. I know also, she did a lot she, of humanitarian stuff. Yeah, she she went through some shit. Like, well, she was Belgian. You know, she she was like hiding in the Netherlands like during the Holocaust. I think I mean I think she was, but she was like. Like spend it, spend it, spend it in hiding, like not eating for you know days or weeks at a time, like scrounging to survive. Well, that explains why she was so thin. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it very well might actually explain that. Well, she was she trained as a ballerina, so I think that's what it really was. Um, also that was her first, her first thing. Like her, that was what she was going to be was a ballerina. I know that. It's kind of like her her classic look was wearing the ballet flats as shoes. And her, you know, she was like a rail. Um, she died relatively young. She died in like the 90s, but she was only in her 60s. She was not, she didn't, like, she didn't live that long for, well, looked like a pretty healthy person. But I don't think she was Jewish. So I think she was just hiding there because, you know, who didn't want to hide during World War II? Yeah, it was a bad time. Yeah, yeah, it was. I heard a, uh, a joke. Apparently the Dutch are notoriously cheap. or That's the stereotype about them. I have, yeah, I heard about that. I, I think German. I've also heard the stereotype that Germans are cheap, and they're like the same shit, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but they, you know, the Dutch guy goes to confession. He says, "Father, I have to tell you I sinned." And he's like, "Okay, what is it?" He said, "Well, during during the war, I hid a Jewish man in my attic." And he's like, "No, son, oh, that's God, a good. I saw that. <laughs> that's a good thing. Like you helped him." And he's like, "Yeah, but but I charged him twenty gilder a week rent to do it." He's like, "That's not great." Uh, but, you know, you still did a good deed at the end of the day, so don't worry about that. He's like, okay, well, then what's the problem? And he goes, well, when should I tell him that the war's over? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if that stereotype is true, but I like that joke. I feel like there's work. There's there's something you could do with that. Oh, okay, here it was. They were living in the Netherlands, and they, while they were being bombed by the Germans, they lived in the cellar for weeks at a time because of the bombing. Living on well, know, whatever they were, they were probably weren't being they weren't being bombed by the Germans. They oh, were yeah. being That's bombed true. by the Americans. Yeah, baby, number That's one. True, yeah, <laughs> USA. <laughs> we missed that cellar. Damn it! <laughs> we got them all and destroyed as many priceless things as we could in the process. Were they just eating like tulip bulbs in the Netherlands? <laughs> yes, hiding, hiding in a windmill. Yeah, a windmill's they, basement. They. Yeah, that's a great. You, that's they, a great. They actually, <laughs> they don't eat the bulbs. You, you make them into flour, which you can make into stuff. But you, they had to eat tulips. Wow. She well, died of cancer. You know, that's why she died young. Maybe that's where Truman Capote got the fixation in this book about the lesbians because it was all the eating of tulips. No. <laughs> no, not good. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I take it back. It's, it's definitely not that. So, okay, why did people like the book? 
I'm not sure, perhaps sort of the character of the she sucks. wild female, the wild, not just wild, but, you know, like, she's so cultured and popular. But, but is she, she cultured? But she came from nothing. But she's not really Well, cultured. everybody thinks she is. Everybody thinks she's, she, she's part of, like, New York high society. Yeah, like, in, in the movie, she is this, like, classy, like, free-spirited woman slash girl. She is 19 or whatever. But in the book, she's... She kind of sucks. She's racist. She's mean. She's shitty to everybody. And she's basically just a escort, which is, you know, not no judgment on that. But she's shitty. Sex work is work. I respect it. Yeah. It's, but she's like, like, she like, she saw that her friend was getting attention at her party. So she told everyone she had like chlamydia. Like, look at that dirty bitch. Is that the part where she said she's had clapped so many times it's an applause? <laughs> That's what she said about a few of her friends, yeah. That's after she got married to the guy she was going to marry. The guy who said it looked That's like That's after a, Mag married the, the other Thurst, guy, the, Thurston or some shit. The oh, other Thrawn. dude. I highlighted that. It's a great line. The guy, who, the guy who... It looks like a baby that was just inflated instead of grew up. She's just, you know, true to herself. But she, she's uh, not, she's, she's she's not really wild. A, but she's not well, really that's like what a free she says. spirit at all. She, she just says she's true to herself. She'd rather be true to herself than, you know, not. Look at Mag Wildwood or Honey Tucker or Rose Ellen Ward. They've had the old clap your hand so many times it, sound, it amounts to applause. Yeah. <laughs> Caddy. <laughs> yeah, she's mean. And she's like the whole like free spirit thing in the movie, like let's just do interesting stuff. Like they don't do that in this. She likes to ride horses. Uh, look for a rich and husband and fuck men. around. And she's just like a socialite, which means she does nothing. But she doesn't like, she's not looking for new experiences. She just goes out, like she gets fucked up and she just bangs dudes, which is, you know, you live your life, but it's not the same thing. It's not the image we have of what it is. of Like our, because all of our images of this come from the movie, which is a different, it's a different I could character. Not, I could not picture Audrey she's, it's impossible. She's blonde. She's blonde in the book. Right, because it's supposed to be Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. yeah. Who is also hair. not actually blonde, but they do mention her it is, persona it's, it's fake. is blonde. They said he finds like the hair dye all the time. But so, okay. The, the book was, the, so the, the book, the very short novella came out, and it was you know, at least popular enough. And then the movie came out, which they didn't get to cast Marilyn Monroe, but they did cast Audrey Hepburn, and it turned out to be a. At least a maybe it didn't make a ton of money, but it was like culturally very significant because it came out in 1961, and it very much like the movie set. It was like very very iconic. Oh, the movie made money. It was a successful film. I mean, it was, but it was even more impop- It's even more important for its cultural influence. Not just making a Kath- uh, Audrey Hepburn. I almost said Catherine Hepburn. I almost but not only making. Audrey Hepburn, a star. I mean, she was already a star, but an even bigger star. Um, but uh, also Roman like, Holiday. but also like the the like um you know the look, her like black dress, her you know the pearl necklace. Yes. Oh wait, she was a whore. Uh, mm. Then the uh like the, the dark sunglasses and like yes the gloves like this like whole opening scene right like her wearing that look and like the, does, this she, whole, does like, she iconic... eat a bagel at Tiffany's I don't even know what happens yeah. in the movie that's basically what like the opening scene is she she literally it, like it takes a 
basically a bagel or some pastry out of a brown paper bag standing, but she's standing outside Tiffany's. And that's the first shot of the movie. And that's more than Tiffany's was in the book. But by that logic, like, I've had breakfast at a lot of places. (laughs) (laughs) Many places you're not supposed to. I have eaten a pastry on the street outside of a store. I've had breakfast at Versailles. (laughs) Breakfast. I've had had breakfast at Windsor Castle. (laughs) Yeah, that should be, that's my, that'll be my memoir. So all the places, breakfast at Applebee's, (laughs) all the shitty places I ate a bagel in front of. Pancakes at the Coliseum. Uh, is this our children's book series yes. that we're going to create? <laughs> like the Magic Treehouse? <laughs> kids, kids learn about history through eating breakfast items there. Every time you open the waffle iron, you get transported to another uh, ancient relic. <laughs> <laughs> and it, would not, it absolutely would have to be pancakes and Pompeii. Like you'd have to have like a... a well, because they were pounded rate. flat by the falling debris. <laughs> It you would be a lot of cakes at Pompeii. Oh, shit, it would. Yeah. That's the dessert one. Uh. <laughs> and then we had lava cakes at the end. <laughs> Ouch. I didn't know there was this much ash on a lava cake. Okay, so I think the book was popular partly because it was published in, like, was it Harper's or something? It was published, it was supposed to be published in some sort of, you know, literary magazine. Yeah, it was yeah, a little New bit York, too uh, long Har- for Har- a New Har- Yorker. Har- Harper's Bazaar. And then they like they didn't want to put it in there for some reason. So then it was going to go to Esquire. And then I think it was eventually just published as a book. So this is like meant as like a literary nerd pretentious book. Like this was not a beach a beach read. This was for that specific crowd. It's a bitch read. It is a bitch read. Big time. Um and the beaches. <laughs> French bitch, <laughs> as as the uh, as the, pr- the Brazilian guy may have said, since nobody knows what he actually sounded like in the book, because <laughs> nothing about him is Brazilian. I think I think it, you know it does hit some marks there. Like, oh, it's kind of about oh high society and something people were interested in learning a little bit about, but it's not like gushing over how great it is. It's like, oh, look how like kind of shitty it is and how you know it's gritty and and it's you have to read between the lines to like. Who like who is she really? She is a mystery wrapped in an enigma, wrapped inside of a prostitute. So you don't know exactly, you know what that is. So I think it bears rereading if you're into that sort of thing. So I think that's why the not the novella was popular. But then Hollywood did its thing of completely changing it. It sounds like to make it into a palatable romantic comedy vehicle for uh, Audrey Hepburn. I had a question about this. This this book is from the perspective of a guy of a guy who's really barely in the book at all in his own book. It's just about her. Why why make it from this dude's perspective that doesn't matter? Okay, so I was going to I don't know the answer to that question, but I was gonna say that her persona as being wild, as being free, you know, in its uh so if his perspective seeing her as sort of this free spirit, it's a, maybe a little bit easier to show that in terms of like, I only got to see her sometimes. She was only there a little bit because she was always off doing her own thing. And I tried to, you know, I tried to make her be, stay in one place, tried to put her in a cage, but it didn't work. 
you know, that kind of thing. So that, that brings in, that, that makes it sort of the conflict a little bit. Could, could it be like, if it was about, if it was not from her, her perspective or like a third person omniscient narrator, you'd be able to see how full of shit she is. True. Yeah, it had to be an outsider who slowly figures out that she's a fucking phony. Though still doesn't really care that she's a phony. Uh, he does. He clearly bangs her, uh, right? No, he 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 wants to kind of. But there's a there's a part where he she sees does. She watched him bathe one time, and you know she who hasn't not, done that? No, she watched him bathe. But there's a yeah, part she where he watched sees him her, bathe. She sees he sees her boobies. Yes, but they. I don't think I they mean, ever bang. And she is a terrible prostitute. She says, "Check these out. You can't afford them." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there has a scene where they're like talking about. God knows what, because their conversations were insufferable. Oh, it's when she was telling him, like, go talk to my friend, the ugly guy. He'll help get your book published. And it's like, you need to stop writing about uh, children and black people. Um, Is that the word she used, Michael? Well, no. First, she says, quote, <laughs> quote, Negroes and children. And you're like, well, that's all that hasn't held up well. And then the next line, she's like, no, no, seriously. And it's brats in the N-word. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just in I case you it. didn't get it the first time. Yeah, and then there's a part where it's like where she her naked breasts are out, and he's like, "Nice." I was also going to say about the the part where she opines about the possibility of her half white children. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Brazilian guy definitely had a you know at least a little Niger or something like that. She says she says like a French word. She's like, and it's where it counts. Skin tone. <laughs> anyway, there's definitely a quote that I'm not going to read about that. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of... It's just like, I just can't wait to have my little... The first can, time can it happened, just... it's like, oh, yeah, this is a book from the 50s. I get it. And then the second time, it's like, oh, okay. And then like the 11th time, you're like, Jesus Christ, why? I'm just surprised that there weren't... Because she got the Japanese guy in there, but even like the movie actually is what made him made it racist. But the, there's the black stuff. There's the gay stuff. The only thing missing was some Jewish stuff, and there really wasn't. I was, I was actually kind of surprised that she held that out. Who should read the book, then? No one needs to read the book. No one. Don't bother. Just go eat a bagel outside of Tiffany's until they chase you away. For being poor. I'm sure people do that all the time. But, like, stare in the window like she does in the movie. You know, just, oh, like, walk by eating a bagel. A lot of people do that stop. as also. Well, yeah, they actually they don't really do much about homeless people in New York City anymore. They're just like, oh, that's their street now, and you just you just... Go somewhere else. There aren't. That's there there are subway very car. many uh, outside Tiffany's. That's <laughs> still a super bougie area. Isn't that like Forty Something Street? It's or in. Uh, no, it's in the. I think it's in the 50s. East Fifties. It's on. It's uh, Fifth Ave. You know, you know that shit. I think it's 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 it's, it's not as a uh, homeless less as you would th- imagine, <laughs> but it's not. It's not like uh, you going to the the deepest part of the local train track. <laughs> So yeah, I agree. Nobody should read this book. And this is my second time reading it, so I regret it twice as much. And We didn't uh, even talk about the song. Moon River? No, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, I, I think I got mentioned. It must have gotten mentioned somewhere. Yeah. As I recall, we, we, uh, I remember the film. Both kind of liked it. As we both kind of liked it. <laughs> Nate, do you know this song? Yes, I do. Okay. It's really stupid. Yep. 
can, speaking about stupid, can we get back to the Japanese guy for a second? Because I feel like we didn't really explain what was wrong about him. How did he escape the internment camp? <laughs> well, this it was oh, the God, war. This was the forties. Yeah, it was the war. Yeah, that's a, well. They only did that on the maybe he never left the coach, uh, third right? floor of the building. That's why she was always getting. Bu- she was, it was always buzzing her, buzzing him to let her in because she knew that he couldn't get out. So if you want me to bring you that, you know, bucket of ethnic food that I don't understand every week, you're going to buzz me in. Damn it! And he's like, God. There's sandwiches. I'm from California. It's really, it's <laughs> empanadas. They have <laughs> avocado. It's a meatball <laughs> sub. She's like, I don't know what this guy's eating. It's some sort of deep blue something. Oh no, it's terrible. Uh, so. No one should read it, but the but you should watch the scene with Mickey Rooney. Like he's in a couple of scenes, a couple of scenes, yeah. And it's like in in the scene where um the police come arrest Holly. Oh he's no, he's the one that lets them in. Oh man, I gotta, <laughs> yeah. I gotta see this. They're movie. almost like out of place with the rest of the movie at all. It's like it's like this like ooh you know nice serious not serious but like lighthearted but like romantic kind of thing. And then, like, slapstick racism for, for three minutes and then back to it. Like, what, what just happened? Why? Why are these here? It's, it is high doses of comedic relief. <laughs> just like, it's the chemotherapy of comedic it's relief. Like, it's like, a, chemo, it's yeah. like a comedic relief enema. It's just like, just launch it all Ooh. in there at once, get it out of the way, and then we're done. I believe that's what you would refer to Gallagher's whole act as. <laughs> comedic relief enema. So, uh, no one should read it. And... No. Uh, no, fucking no. But no. we should do his other book, True Man, one one day. But not today. So tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkeyesbookclub at gmail.com. And uh, we never mentioned the Patreon, but we have one of those if you want to support us. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Guys Book Club. And, uh, and Twitter at Drunk Guys BC. Oh, that's the thing I was supposed to say, too. Yeah, <laughs> drunk fucking Twitter, Drunk Guys BC. No one gives a fuck about it. Elon's going to charge us eight bucks to have a verified account. We don't have a verified account. No, but we we could. We could now. That's amazing. Only because Stephen King (laughs) talked him down. Um, That was incredible. (laughs) And you can also uh, just give us five stars right? we listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or other podcast things. Five stars, one for every, every bad word in this book about other people that aren't Holly. And you can also join us on Goodreads, where we yeah, read she things. Go lightly on the races. <laughs> we only read books about horses and baseball. <laughs> and check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.